We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Pete, joined by Darius and Mike. And Lakers lost a couple of games over this weekend, but that's not really what I want to talk about. Before anything else, this is an entertainment product, the NBA and the Lakers and basketball. You know, this is all... For fun, right? People go to work and they come home and they want to watch the their team play. And and above all else, D, they want to watch their team compete. And the degree to which the Lakers checked out in last night's game in particular, I think is so insulting to the fan base that above all else, we just want to watch guys play hard. You know, and watch a team compete. And if they're not good, they're not good. Lord knows we've seen a few not good teams over the last decade. But I thought last night and the effort, and this is far from the only game that's been like this, right, has been unacceptable to a degree that I'm struck by how unwatchable this team is. To the point where last night, I had a thought to myself that I'd never had before watching a Laker game. I thought to myself, oh, I have to watch the game. I have to watch the game. It was during halftime after watching them turn the ball over 16 times in the first half with no mental engagement whatsoever. And I was doing something else. I was following what's going on in Ukraine during halftime. And it occurred to me, right? I got a little bit immersed in it. It occurred to me like, oh, I have to watch the second half of the game. I've never felt that I had to watch the Lakers before, as though it were an obligation and chore. And again, that's while watching some pretty bad teams over the years. And it really comes from just the flagrant lack of engagement. I was actually irritated that the fans weren't booing the team going into halftime. That came in the second half. But D, I've said at least some of my piece. But I think that at its very core, I can live with the team being bad. I can't live with or respect what I saw last night and what I've seen a lot of times during this season. So I think that's fair. I would also say that the reason why this team is bad is because this part of them exists. 
This is a key ingredient. It's like if you go to the restaurant and say, like, oh, well, I'm allergic to X, even if you're not allergic, right? You just don't want it in there. And so you use like the allergy card because you really don't like green onions. And so I'm allergic to green onions, even though I've never met anyone that's allergic to green onions. And then green onions show up somewhere in the thing that you're eating. And you're just like, well, this whole thing is ruined (laughs) now because this thing is in there and you can't really deal with this thing anymore. And it's just this one ingredient that's in there. So this is a part of this Lakers team. I think earlier during the season, and this is a part of learning a team. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think earlier during the season, we, the collective we, the royal we, we sort of passed off certain elements like this thing as something else. We, we, we qualified it and contextualized it. And maybe at the time that was correct. But as the season has gone on, Mike, I feel like one of the things that this group has revealed is that whatever they thought they were built for, circumstance and whatever else has led them to a place where they actually are not built for it. And when we last talked, we had a spirited debate about like starting lineups and closing lineups and who should play and who shouldn't play. But part of that discussion was sort of like, I think I express a certain amount of concern about like, whoa, where's their head going to be at? We've been talking about this for a bit. Yeah. yeah. And do they believe? Because if they don't believe, what you will see is a certain amount of uh, whatever. And I thought that showed up on Sunday. And one of the reasons why I think it showed up, Mike, was because... The Lakers made a lot of mistakes in the game against the Clippers on Friday. Like they did a lot of stuff like from a schematic standpoint and things that probably cost them points, points that they needed at the end of the game in order to be winning when the final buzzer sounded. And so the Lakers did not avoid shooting themselves in the foot a few different times throughout the course of that game. But they played hard. They played well enough to win the game and they did not win the game. And that has been a theme over the course of the season. And so, Mike, it, it the effort that they showed to, on Sunday to me was directly related to the idea that they did show the fight we wanted them to show on Sunday. They showed that on Friday. And you know how they were rewarded for it? They were rewarded for it with another with another loss by two points. And I feel like we, this team is at the point where they're going to have a harder and harder time mustering the belief that is going to fuel the the drive and that desire that I think totally lacked and what turned Pete off completely from the idea of like, I I want to do this to I have to do this. And that's a rough spot to be in with this many games left and the prospect for there to be a play in too. And so take whatever I said, wherever you want to go, there's, a, I feel like a lot of meat on the bone to sort of tell us where we are with this group right now. The first thing that caught my ear, Darius, are you saying that a lot of this basically is cumulative in terms of that, that energy effort and you've seen that and that's kind of the the line that you thought was going to cross at a certain point? I would say that when we talked about this earlier during the year with like the frustration piece and you only have so much frustration in you, I think the same is true about belief. You only have so much belief 
in you as well. And I feel like the AD injury and then losing some of these close games and playing hard but not playing well enough to win. I thought some of LeBron's comments after the Clippers game were interesting as well around that idea of like, I wish we were playing better sort of idea or I wish we could have done X. And it's like, there's that lack of like, what you want to happen aligning with what you think you're capable of. And, and it's just like, ah, oh, man, like yeah. we're out of it. Well, I think so. There's this difference between explaining what's going on and understanding what's going on and accepting what's going on. And I think that the three of us certainly can, and maybe later in the podcast, we will explain some of the things and why they are. But the bottom line is it's just not good enough. It, it's, it just, so being in that building, one of the things that struck me when I first moved to L.A. and got the job was that, especially coming from a place like Minnesota, you know, L.A. is this glamour place and, and it's Hollywood and, and Staples Center at the time, now Crypto.com. And you get in there and, and one of the early things I realized when actually being there and working for the Lakers was the fans also like they really just appreciate grit and hard work and fight. Uh, more mm-hmm. so than in some other arenas. Like, they're not just there to see a show. Sure, that that's part of it. That's part of the whole experience. But to get the echoes all the way up to the 300 level, you know, the Austin Reeves play where in the previous game, the Clipper game, where he blocked Reggie Jackson and then went into the corner, that was the loudest ovation of the night. It wasn't for some dunk or some step back, fadeaway three or, or whatever. So and in that alone i think like the laker fans were trying to will some of that to happen like just do that just do that and we can kind of live with uh with just compete and we can live with that and and again pete there are reasons why the level of competition i think has gotten to where it's gotten but it's still just watching it is really difficult to do and i asked after the game i i asked lebron just a very simple question to start it hey You've had answers for all kinds of basketball problems. Like, do you have answers as to what can happen in these next couple of weeks? And he basically just said, well, after the about the six minute mark of the first quarter and this one got no answers. Like there are no answers for that game against the Pelicans. And he he kind of kept it at that. He didn't even want to move forward and and think about what's going to happen from that point on, Pete. For sure. I, and I think that with the Pelicans in particular, they posed some matchup problems where it was some very damned if you do, damned if you don't type things, which are certainly a re- reflection of our roster. But way before that is that competing and th- those plays like the the Reeves play and what Stanley Johnson often brings to the floor. And let's take a break. And when we come back, let's keep on this conversation. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So the Reeves play, for example, who, and I don't want to act like Austin played well last night. He was was one of his worst games of the season. But the Reeves game and play in the Friday game being an example of a, a hustle play, right, that gets kind of everybody livened up. I feel like you don't have to understand anything really about sports to turn on your TV and watch and be like, oh, that guy's getting after it. And if you don't understand what's going on, even at all, D, there's some degree of like, I respect that. I relate to it. I can get behind this in a way where watching vets not get back on defense and not rotate because they don't have that. So I think your point about belief is spot on. And I think that there is a great degree of what's the point amongst the vets. But that's all the more reason to where I think that playing and this is a people thing more than a basketball thing. I think that playing the people who have the internal motor that I'm going to go out there and play hard all of the time. And the person, first person that comes to mind is Kent Bazemore, right? And I want to be clear that I'm not arguing that we're going to play Kent Bazemore and we're going to win games and it's going to be great, right? For sure. What I mean is that in order to just be a watchable product and to actually win games, you need people that have that internal motor in circumstances like these. That internal thing that is inside of you, that belongs to nobody else, That is how you get out of the worst circumstances, in my opinion, whether it's basketball or whether it's life. And that will in that fight, I think that it's essential right now. I think we're fools if we think that we can just play out the string and not do an enormous amount of damage. And I think that the first ingredient is playing more of the people who have that internal, like, I'm going to play hard. I'm going to give it everything I have, no matter the circumstances. Yeah, and I think that... The tricky part about sports, and, and so I I agree with that, right? And so Bayes was one of the guys who I was watching the ESPN feed and not the Spectrum feed. And so I missed all of the stew stuff. And, and so there's like this whole element to that game, too, where it's just like they're celebrating. Thank Stu you for Lance bringing that up. Come on, man. And all of that. And then they go out and they play like the way that they did. The game was disappointing on like multiple levels. I was watching the ESPN feed and... Bayes was still one of the guys who was like up and like cheering guys on. And there's a certain amount of spirit and energy that that he carries himself with. And I won't dare to sort of like speculate on to how he ended up being basically the team's 15th man, like him and DeAndre sort of captaining that position within the roster. But it's a shame that that's the case because there seems to be – not a lot of belief in the idea that his utility as a player would be useful to this group, right? And so at some point, even even Wayne Ellington got his chance in this last game to sort of come in and space the floor. And he had a couple of shots and it was just like, okay, well, let's play Wayne a little bit. Now the game was way lost by that point, but Wayne actually got minutes with like the LeBron group. Right where it's just like, oh, LeBron and Russ are in the game and there's Wayne Ellington. And that signaled to me this idea of, well, 
we value what you're going to bring to the court in a way that you can help these specific players, like the players who are still thought of as the key contributors for for the team. And Bayes hasn't gotten minutes like that maybe in one game over the last like two months. He started for two weeks alongside DeAndre Jordan, and then he was out of the rotation. So this isn't me lobbying for Bayes, right? It's just this idea that I do agree that he's one of those guys who who just sort of goes hard and is there's a certain amount of chaos in in his sure. game. And Mike, one of the things that stood out to me, at least during the Clippers game, was like the Lakers played about 16 good minutes of basketball in the entire Clippers game where it was just like, oh, my God, look at this team. And it was like the entire third quarter and like the first four to five minutes of the fourth quarter where it's just like they were just played a style that was truly reckless, right? Where they were just like, at one point in the text, I said, LeBron out here playing bumper cars because he was just running into dudes. And sometimes it wasn't even him making a play. Like he was fumbling the ball out of bounds at times, but it was just like, oh, you're bouncing off me. This dude is bouncing off another guy and the pace and the game turn. And Bayes can sort of play in that sort of environment, but the environment that he can't play in is like so many other different ones. And so I understand to a certain extent, Vogel thinking Bayes isn't right for a lot of other game types. But the thing that the Lakers are lacking right now is spirit and Bayes sort of bring some of that. But I do think it's interesting that like what the Lakers are lacking right now is just sort of obvious and how they get more of that in to the lineup, I think, is a real valid question at this point. Well, the the how to Mac, that's the that's the part that I try to bring up with LeBron, with LeBron right? Like, OK, things are as they are. What are you going to do now? Because guess what? New Orleans is coming right there. It's a I would say it's likely based on how both teams are playing and what the schedules are that they would pass the Lakers at this point for the ninth seed. I think you got to start looking at San Antonio and especially if you lose that game in San Antonio to start to come for the 10. Like that's where March is the most difficult month of the season schedule wise for the Lakers. And it's coming at the time when the collective spirit is the lowest. But let me table that for a second. And we've spent a lot of time and I think all good discussions on the end of the roster on Bazemore on well, what if Reeves started instead of this and Avery Bradley and DeAndre, all of this stuff. But to me, the last kind of best hope that I think that they were holding on to was LeBron, AD, healthy together, Russ kind of supporting that to an extent, and then the rest of the guys slotting into spaces behind that. And the Anthony Davis injury to me, despite LeBron, Aaron Donald inspired, kind of running Utah, and the, you know, the, the effort that I think was as spirited or at least as close to as spirited as they could get against the Clippers – I don't I think when AD went down that that was kind of the final straw for what that belief was going to be. And it's harder when you have a team that's mostly full of vets and you've got Ariza starting, you've got Dwight Howard starting. Those guys have been through NBA seasons in which they know a certain point when the team doesn't have it. Too many seasons, Mike. Too many seasons. So yeah. so so, and that's why I get, that's why if you talk, we're talking about Bazemore and Stanley Johnson and Austin Reeves, because those guys don't know yet and, or they are still at the point even individually where they have to get out there and prove something. So I do think that that's valid. And I do think that moving forward, 
those are the guys you have to just sort of throw out there. They don't know any better. Hey, so that that part I'm with, but I just think, you know, we can cherry pick part of that and think, well, maybe maybe we should have known that coming out of the All Star break, and instead of starting Ariza, start Stanley Johnson, then play Bays off the bench because whether it's physically or having been through a lot of NBA seasons, whatever that is, that's one thing. Does that make the difference in between winning games and losing games? We I, I don't know, but it's it's that that second AD injury to me was the thing um, that mentally hit this team as kind of like that low blow where it was just like, all right, that's that's too much. It, it certainly did. But in the lead up to that, the injuries and circumstances of the season, none of that is the reason why you don't play with spirit, at least before. I, I completely agree with your guys point that about belief. I think that's really important, especially in context with the vets, where it's like, well, what's the point? This team doesn't have it. And that's not even like a conscious thought. It's just something that seeps into the reality of your everyday experience and and the experience that you relate to all those other teams you've played on throughout your career. Let's take another break. When we come back, I want to talk about what we can do going forward, because I think those vets play right into that. So one quick point, I, I don't remember now the context behind I made a blackjack comment and it just made me think of if you've played a ton of blackjack and, and honestly, I haven't played a ton, but you get to a point where your night is not going the way that you want it to go. And all of a sudden, right, that like that 16 comes up and you've been you've been hitting that the whole time and you're just kind of like, it doesn't matter. And you shake it off like like you're going to lose the hand and you're going to lose that night and your bankroll for the night is done. Like that's whereas somebody that doesn't really play that much. It, it still has that spirit just like it's kind of still in it. And maybe they do keep uh, keep the spirit. So it's it's with anything, not just basketball in life, that the spirit gets to a certain degree. And the experience in that setting sometimes can be even worse than somebody that doesn't have the experience. Then make way for the dudes that don't have the experience. It's time. Yeah. It's been time, right? If that's the point that you're at, I understand the I reasons agree. Yeah, why. I agree. And all that. Yeah, no, no, I'm I totally, you. I'm yeah. not arguing. No, no, I know. I, I, yeah. But it's it's been time. And this is a, you. I, I've been saying this for a minute, that you, you can't grow anything out of poisoned soil. And this poisons the soil, the lack of spirit, right? If there's a G League guy that we can, if there's... If, if there's a G League guy or a younger player that we can be, we can build toward next season and possibly have a vet minimum slot, you know, that, that they fill, that would be something that would be enormously helpful. But, you know, Stanley Johnson plays 13 minutes. I know Stanley's going to play hard. They're not going to guard him on the perimeter. He's going to make some mistakes. It's not a matter of the results. I really want to emphasize that idea that it's not about the results. It's about that underlying spirit that I think it's what makes a team watchable or unwatchable D right. It's not about, about whether or not they win the game our strength of schedule going forward, our opponent's strength of schedule our playoff seating. I want to see a team that plays the way that they did in that third quarter of the Clippers game, right? Because it's not that they played well that entire game. It's just, they started to play with spirit. They started to play hard. They started to play with life. They started to play with pace and all of that. And if they lose the game against a Dallas team that we have coming up because they played hard, like we're not having this conversation, but this has happened way too many times. And going forward, if that 
combination of experience and kind of defeatist attitude is there. And I see it all across the team that that needs to be replaced before anything can be not just built out of this season, but just prevent further damage because things will get worse. It's not good, man. We got to we got to turn it around and changes need to be made. We haven't changed anything at all. So I don't disagree with anything that you've said. If I were to contextualize things, though, at this point, the idea of what you're presenting, I don't think anybody on this team wants that. What do you mean? I don't think anyone on this team wants to go out there and play hard and lose. I don't think they see valor in that. I don't think that they see the value in that. Like, we may see that as outsiders. There are, how many, how many guys on this team are free agents next Look, season? They, they all at least have something to play for for themselves, right? They do and they don't. Is Dwight Howard in this league next year? Is Trevor Ariza? Is DeAndre Jordan? Is Avery Bradley? Avery Bradley will play hard, but I'm just saying. The Lakers have three, four players on this team who may not make an NBA roster next year. There are guys who were out of the NBA this season who made their way onto NBA rosters only because of a crazy injury COVID ravaged season that led to 10 day emergency 10 day contracts that were, that were deemed legal under like changes to the collective bargaining agreement to allow for such players to even be on rosters. Right. That's how the Lakers got Stan Stanley Johnson. They would not have been able to sign him to a 10 day con contract unless so many of their players got hit with COVID. Right. Like so because those weren't deemed long term injuries and they wouldn't have been long term injuries that would allow them to get a roster exemption in order to get a guy to a 10 day in the first place. And so I, I say all this to say that the value when you look at a guy like LeBron James or Russell Westbrook, they will be in the league next year. And they will live to fight another day. Right. And so I won't pretend to jump in LeBron's head or Russell Westbrook's head or anyone else's head. But those guys who are guaranteed to be around next year in some way, shape or form, either on the Lakers or or on a different team, they they have long range perspective that and they've been in the league long enough to know that these games actually do not matter for them. Right now, there are the guys with interior um, with interior motor guys like Bays or even to a certain extent, Avery Bradley or young guys like Austin Reeves and Stanley Johnson, who they are going to continue to fight regardless, just because that's sort of like what they are as as players. Like we we talk about this a lot, but like what is your origin story as an NBA player? Right. And Avery Bradley He's sort of cut from a different cloth. He was a high level high school player and then a top recruit at Texas. And then he came out and and then he was a first round pick. Everyone else, Bayes was like an undrafted or second round guy from Old Dominion. Like those guys carry that their entire careers. Can I point out too, I think a lot of this team, this team has a lot of like number one or top three pick energy to it, where those guys who come from that pedigree and yeah. that background it's it's the opposite right they haven't had to scrap and fight and claw for every inch of real estate that they get but i will say that those guys also if you're at a certain stage of your career you're good enough to be like nah man i ain't going out like that 
right? Because I am Dwight yeah. Howard. I am Carmelo Anthony. Like, I am that level of dude. You're not just going to steam steamroll me. But the point that Mike brought up is just like they've seen a lot of seasons and they know. And you said this too, Pete, that they know how this goes. And so it's just like if you're a 17, 18, 19-year veteran in this league, you've seen thousands of NBA basketball games. And you know that it's just like – I said this last last week, but they came here for a reason. They came here to compete for a championship. They thought when they came here, they were going to win the NBA title. That was their ceiling. They are now three and nine in their last 12 games. And the bottom has fallen out from under them. Mm -hmm. And I would argue, too, that... The front office, in their own way, quit on this team. And now the team, in their own way, is quitting on the coaches and the front office. It's, it's not blatant. It's, it's not like, I don't care about you, so I'm just going to not show, right? That's like petty, in-house squabbling stuff that happens when like you have a poor relationship with people. Well, so one other element, though, and I think this is where we also have to bring in kind of what the roster is. And especially with AD out in, in the slotting and all that. But so there's this whole rally around the flag. Everybody just play hard thing. But physically, the Lakers aren't that imposing in that way. So like Malik Monk and Austin Reeves and even to an extent THT, like they can go out there and play really hard, but they're smaller. You know, even sure. throw West, like there aren't Dwight, I don't think can play harder than he's playing. Dwight no. physically is capped there. He is giving his best effort. He cannot jump, especially on the second night of a uh, – yes, Riggs agrees. So <laughs> Trevor Ariza I don't think can play much harder than he has the way that he's moving. And there are a lot of different – even so LeBron James, right? How is he supposed to, to that extent, carry physically this defensive load that he has, then carry the offensive load and hit shot? So I think that there's, we're, we're, there's some mix of effort – that we're, that we're sort of not giving the players credit for just, and that's the age, that's the lack of size, all of those things. And it's all combining in this Murphy's law. Everything that can go wrong <laughs> has gone wrong. Uh, it's just, it, that's the part that's rough. And I, I think they do have to keep searching for what the answers are. And we hit on a couple of them, Pete, but that we have to acknowledge that some of these guys just don't have it either physically or just, yeah, in that sense. I'm so glad you brought this up. This is a great point. And I, I think that, let me clarify kind of what I mean by playing hard. To me, the mental aspect of playing hard and just that, that there, to me, there is a mental aspect of playing hard along with the physical aspect of running around and, you know, getting back on defense and, and talking and, and all of that. It's that, and, and that, that comes to focus. So, for example, our 16 turnovers in the first half, which was just incredible, our 16 turnovers a lot of them were just a lack of focus. You're not adequately locked in, right? And so that, even amongst the players that you, you're absolutely right, just don't have it, right? Like you're not going to – we were asking Trevor Ariza to chase Brandon Ingram around, 
Remember this summer when, you know, he was supposed to be our big wing defender? Yeah, but, but yeah, but LeBron and Russ and their turnovers, right? Like even there, right? Yeah, that's that speaks to that. Like that's more mental focus than physical energy. Yeah, yeah and, and that starts to drift, right? That said to drift away um but anyway we, we said we were going to do a, a shorter one for this one i'm gonna oh d, d go ahead and uh, wrap us up just to close this out here there's a resignation that has happened mentally with with this team they are they are resigned to what their lot in life is and in order to change that you need to change the people who are actually in yes. position in yes. in order for their effort to matter and i think that's a point that you're making pete that it's not about Winning and losing, we are now at the stage where it's back to process versus results. This team was built on results. They were built in order to provide a result at the end of the season, which is we're going to raise another championship banner and trophy and we're going to have a parade. That's the result that was being sought after. Asking some of these guys to now change their mindset from result-focused to process-based is not going to happen. For some right. of those guys, no. it's just not. And one of those guys might even be LeBron James. One of those guys might even be Russell Westbrook. But guess what? The supporting cast around those guys needs to be altered in order to try to find the right mix of dudes who are going to go out there and compete night to night. That will hopefully get you back on the right process, which can potentially lead to results. But until some of those changes start to happen, we're going to see more of this. And... No one wants more of this, not the fans. I know the players don't want more of this. And based on the look that I saw on Frank Vogel's face for 99% of that game, and even during his mic'd up segments that showed up on ESPN, Frank Vogel doesn't want any more of this either. That's absolutely the case. And with the current roster, the best that can be done is to maximize the minutes of the guys that have that regardless and regardless of their 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 flaws and the holes in their game all of that nothing can be built or salvaged before those guys get their minutes maximized it's the best we can do if there aren't going to be any roster changes anyway we will continue on i think tomorrow we're gonna uh have to manufacture a fun episode about something we'll figure it out (laughs) we'll uh we'll do something fun tomorrow here on the laker film room podcast James has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tips to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic, got it. Magic fires. It's good. The Lakers win the game. The Lakers win the game. Three seconds left. That next to the winner. It's on the way. Kobe Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds. With his eighth block shot, the He's an NBA Finals record. A lot of Laker fans sticking around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe. Hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Bryant spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's the move. Let's Two, let's one, miss it. Bryant, one, three, one, three. Four to victory. It's over. Shot clock out of five. Bryant. Yes. Yeah. And that was a little tough to Albert Gentry. Add insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic 
Trying to disrupt Rondo. He puts it in. Here's Davis. 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters.